It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. It is Thursday, December 14th, 2023. It is Sports by the Book. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is here as well. Uh, it is pretty amazing that we are this deep into the NFL season, this deep, uh, starting with week 15 here today. Alex, we have an exciting game tonight just north of us. Do we? Is this an exciting one? <laughs> I'm glad we have a lot of other sports to talk about between NBA, NHL, and college basketball. But, um, yeah, we got the Raiders and the Chargers. We've got Easton Stick starting for the Chargers and O'Connell for the Raiders. So we'll see what happens. Three-point line here. And, you know, usually these two do play each other well. They are division opponents. So We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Kai McKeon of Three Man Weave. Our Thursday of College Hoops will be with us uh, in about 15 minutes from now. Light card in College Hoops today. But, as always, these big Saturday cards, Jim Root gave us a winner without a line uh, last week where Clemson pretty easily got to the finish line against TCU last week in Toronto. And now this weekend, there are a lot of good games, including Purdue and Arizona doing battle on a streaming service only. Looking at you, Peacock. Looking at you. Uh, but that's coming on uh, It's coming on Saturday, so we'll get the, his thoughts on that. Also, a bunch of weird results last night in college hoops as well. UNLV is a 14-point dog, beating Creighton with ease in Henderson at the DLC. Chicago State beat Northwestern. Ryan, what, what's going on in your neck of the woods there? I mean, come on. What's happening there? Chicagoland, first time Chicago State's ever beaten Northwestern in basketball last night. Uh, but we'll, we'll get into that with Kai McKee in 15 minutes from now. All right, to tonight's NFL game. Alex said it. <laughs> it's Aiden O'Connell and Easton Stick. What a quarterbacking matchup. Chargers, Raiders, Justin Herbert's season is over. Broken finger, uh, index finger in his throwing hand after breaking his index finger in his non-throwing hand earlier in the year. So it's not been a good year to be a Justin Herbert index finger. Uh, I'm a little surprised on the Raiders side. We'll get into the Chargers. And Keenan Allen's also not going to play tonight right. with a heel injury. So number one wide receiver, arguably top 10 quarterback, both out for the Chargers. Their season's toast. But I'm a little surprised that the Raiders decided not to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo tonight. And I understand it's a long shot and, and a lot of things that have to happen with those seven and six teams that are in front of them right now, and including all the, the five and eight teams as well, because basically is basically the whole AFC is either five and eight or seven and six right now. <laughs> but the Raiders are still alive here. Technically, they've lost three straight. They're five and eight uh, since that win against the Jets on that Sunday night. But after what we saw on Sunday against the Vikings, the first ever three nothing indoor game, Alex. The Vikings bench their guy. Josh Dobbs is right. the number three quarterback this week. Nick Mullins will start in Cincinnati for him. I'm a little surprised they didn't go back to Garoppolo with, hey, technically still alive if we win out. Yes, we would need a lot of help. Let's go back to the veteran and win this game tonight against Easton Stick. Because if Garoppolo starts this game tonight, there's no doubt that I would be betting the Raiders. But with O'Connell in, I'm actually looking at the other side. I completely agree with you. But that does make me think that that might be in play, right? Because... Now, Antonio Pierce did see what happened when they did pull Dobbs and put Mullins in, and they got that win. 
I'm sure he's looking back now thinking that he should have put Jimmy Garoppolo in. So I think that could be in play tonight. I am looking at the Chargers too. I think it's more of a take the points with these two because you're right. We don't have Justin Herbert. We don't have Keenan Allen. But the Raiders have their own issues. No Josh Jacobs. Devontae Adams has a, a virus. He's been sick all week. They say Max Crosby is questionable with his knee, but we know he'll he'll probably go anyways. But so this is a tough one for me. It's I think it's got to be take the points. And then I do want to talk about the total too. Please go for it. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so the total is very low, as we've seen on these Thursday night games, but I was looking at the median totals for these two teams. The Chargers, their median total this year is 48. So they're 9-3-1 and one to the under. So you're thinking, great, take that under. But 48 compared to what we're seeing now, 35. I know we don't have their starting quarterback, but I did like what I saw from Easton Stick last week when he got thrown in. And he can also use his legs and run. For the Raiders, their median total this year is 43. They are 10-3 and three to the under. So... I just have a weird feeling, and I want to get your take because I know when you say I have a feeling this is actually going to go over, it usually happens. Yeah, usually, again, the leans are good. We know this. The leans are very good. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm staying away from it because of this reason, but I could see some points, maybe even some defensive touchdowns happening tonight. I have a weird feeling. There you go. Right into it. Right into it, Alex. That Easton Stick is going to play well tonight. It's more, there's no real rationale for a dude who's legitimately, that was the first real action he had last year in the last week against Denver in the NFL. First real action. But wouldn't it make a whole lot of sense? And there's, again, no numbers to back this up, no real rationale, other than the fact we're talking about the Los Angeles Chargers here, where Justin Herbert goes out, Keenan Allen is out, uh, Austin Eckler's been rendered completely ineffective at this point. Joey Bosa's, of course, on, on IR. Wouldn't it make a whole lot of sense that on a short week with a guy making his first career start on the road, which, by the way, the one fan base that doesn't travel here because there's not many of them are the Chargers fans. This is the one thing where the Raiders fans are clearly going to have 95% of the building tonight at Allegiant Stadium, which doesn't happen at this point. I just have a weird feeling the Chargers are going to win this game outright. There's no good rationale, but the fact that the Chargers are the Chargers and they make no sense makes it make sense that the Chargers are going to pull out an upset win tonight, Alex. Easton Stick, North Dakota State yep. quarterback, had 41 rushing touchdowns in college, yep. including 17 scores, 677 rushing yards mm -hmm. his senior season. So, could be a good game for him, matched up against this Raiders defense, who we've seen have holes throughout the entire season, though they did play very well against Minnesota. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we get. So you said a good one. Could could be an interesting one. I will say I would take uh, – I did take over 19.5 rushing yards uh, flat. It's now 17.5 but minus $1.50. If you don't mind eating that juice, that's definitely good at a lower number. If you want to take an Easton Stick alt rushing total, I don't have a problem with that either. Uh, 25 yards plus uh, plus 140. Uh, you can take a shot at 50 plus rushing yards at 7 to 1. Pizza money, nothing big on that. Uh, again, this, this just has the makings of being a very strange game. With the quarterbacks at play, like you said, Devontae Adams battling it. Josh Jacobs out officially tonight as well. It could be a very strange one just due north of us here 
in Las Vegas. All right. Before we get to our guy, Kai McKeon, I just want to go go to Sunday real quick because I need we needed to get this in today because you walked in today, Alex, and said there are a lot of good teaser numbers out there. And we don't spend a lot of time on teasers other than just the individual teasers that you've played. But eyeballing some of these numbers that are out there, yeah, there are there are a lot of good numbers out there that are hitting that usual traditional teaser uh, legs uh, here right, this week, Alex. Yes, yeah, so a couple favorites I'm looking at to tease down, and that's the Miami Dolphins. So they're eight, eight and a half some places. You can tease that below the three, get them at minus two or minus two and a half. The Rams, this number has not moved at all, minus six and a half versus the Commanders. Tease that down for the six-point teaser. They just have to win that game. Cowboys, I like this dog teasing them up at Buffalo. So they're plus two and a half. You can tease that up, get above the three and above the seven, get them to plus eight and a half. And then the Chiefs, minus seven and a half against the Patriots. You can tease them down to get minus one and a half. So that's the whole thing, right? Trying to tease over those key numbers of the three and the seven for the dog or the favorite. Go in the other direction. Pittsburgh up to eight feels good against Indianapolis. That feels like that game is going to be one score either way. Uh, taking Dallas from two to eight as well against that one. Yes. Against Buffalo uh, would be the, if we're going to dogs on that one, uh, there's nothing else really. I, I, I will say this. And, and again, no real rationale. It does feel after the zaniness we saw last week, Seven of the 15 underdogs last week won outright. Outright. Forget, thanks they don't thanks need to the, Monday night. Don't need the, well, I mean, Monday night was totally absurd with Tommy DeVito leading the drive at the end. And actually, more ridiculous than that, Randy Bullock actually making a clutch kick at the end of that game for Big Blue. And then the Dolphins, I mean, what the, what the Dolphins did on Monday was unbelievable. The fact that they basically were handed the game by Tennessee, where right. th all three of their touchdowns, pick six, sub 15 yard field, sub 15 yard field, twice. I don't know what Levis was attempting to do in that pitch to Henry that set up the third yeah. Miami touchdown, but it's one of the worst pitches you've ever seen in your life. But to blow that game, and it was the first time in 768 games in the NFL that a team was down 14 plus with three minutes to go and came back and won the game. Uh, and. <laughs> For Miami, look, they have offensive injury, offensive line injuries right now. Tyreek Hill did look, is trending towards playing. So that line number actually just popped back up to nine and a half across the board, which is not much of a shock with Tyreek Hill trending towards playing. But I would be concerned about them. I would also be concerned a little bit about Kansas City, not as much because we've kind of seen this with Kansas City after the, the, the gross loss yeah. in a game they should have won, especially we all know everyone talking about the play. Tony was clearly offsides. The refs got it right. But it would not shock me if one of those two teams doesn't even cover the teaser. It would not shock me. Now, I'm not saying they're going to lose outright, win the game by one, and you don't cover the teaser numbers this week. So we'll see how it all plays out. I do like the Rams against Commanders. I think the Rams run them out. I don't think you need your teaser number even on that. I, I totally agree, and I laid the six and a half as well. But I'm just concerned with why hasn't that number moved to seven yet? Why is that just staying there? There must 
Must be some two-way action there. But um, <laughs> talking about the Dolphins, so they are playing the New York Jets. I'm curious to see what we get from them. If Zach Wilson can build off of what we saw from the second half last Probably week. Not. The thing I'm concerned with for the Jets is this is a must-win game for the Dolphins. We've talked about the schedules coming up after the last four weeks. So they have the Jets, and then they have the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. So they need this one. I would say they need two of their next four. I'm concerned about their ability to block. That's my biggest concern in that game for them, where they're down three starters on the offensive line now. The center. Center, Connor Williams tore his ACL on Monday. Yeah, we'll see. There are a lot of good games. We'll get into it throughout the next few days. Of course, uh, Sunday night's really good. Baltimore and Jacksonville, uh, a game where if the Ravens win, they might just have a stranglehold on the number one seed in the AFC. But we'll have some time. And also a triple header on Saturday. How about that? Football all day in the NFL to go along with uh, about seven bowl games on Saturday uh, this week in college football. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Kai McKeon of three-man weave. He's going to join us next. College basketball talk. A short card on this Thursday, but a brilliant card on Saturday to at least bring up with Kai when he we come back. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Megabucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part, Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to Blackjack and Roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gow Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Look at that. Look at that. Look at the job by our crew there. Right in on the basketball and the Christmas tree behind us at the South Point. We are live at the South Point studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White alongside Sports by the Book is the show. And now joining us, you can find his work over at Three Man Weave. We're going to have a weaver every Thursday on the show moving forward. And this week, it's our guy, Kai McKeon, of course, on the tweets at Kai underscore 3M. 
W with us right now. Kai, pleasure as always. Thanks for hanging out today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. Let's dive in. It is a pretty weak card tonight, to put it politely. Uh, really, Tulane and Furman, at least to me, the most intriguing game on the board mm -hmm. in college hoops tonight. It's also the shortest line, and it's a seven-point line. So it kind of just shows you what this Thursday is. Did anything pop for you today, or is this just one of those days, take it easy and get ready for a big one tomorrow in Seattle with Gonzaga and UConn and a gigantic card on Saturday? Yeah, finals week kind of sucks for the, the the scheduling we have. I don't like it. It's like eight games on Thursday, eight games on Friday, and then boom, 100 on Saturday. Uh, I, I guess it makes it easy to prep for a few days for Saturday instead of doing the, the whole rat race on a daily basis. But I, I bid a little bit on Tulane at an earlier number. Um, Furman's best players out, Marcus Foster. So thought it was a decent bet, but that's all I've got today. Uh, Friday looking into a couple things, but... Not totally sure yet where I'm going to go with it. I'm going to keep you right at that game because the total sits at 174. I don't know if it's dropped down yeah. now that we know the best one, players one, out. 171. 171. Right okay. Yep. So very high total, but both of these teams play very fast. Fifth fastest mm -hmm. in the country and Furman is the 17th. Do you think that total is way too high? Would you look at the under there? Yeah. I, I, I Frankly, between these two teams, I don't think you can set the line high enough, but... They, they did. <laughs> Mid-170s, I think it was, but on, on, the, on the opener, uh, even low 170s, that's too high for me. Um, it, it could get up there. And, you know, for Tulane, their coach, Ron Hunter, he's sort of built this reputation of if they're down late in the game, even like 10 points, he's going to keep fouling. He's going to extend this game. So I would still probably lean towards the over. I didn't actually play it, but the under does scare me between two teams with this type of pace, even with uh, Foster out for Furman. Yeah, the, the just look, just eyeballing with uh, Tulane games uh, this year. Almost all of them are right. getting played in the '80s, uh, like Alex said. Uh, just really breakneck pace for the wave so far this year. All right, let's go to tomorrow. Let's just start with the big one: Seattle, the site, yeah. UConn. Who I, look credit credit to Hurley. His team has not missed a beat in the early goings, even with losing all those guys to the NBA off their national title team. And they'll take on Gonzaga. I mean, I know it's not Spokane, but Seattle's essentially a home game for the dogs here. Uh, I, Kai, intriguing game any way you slice it in this one. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I, I kind of told myself I wasn't going to fade UConn, but I, I've seen these early openers, and I think the line's a little bit high. I, I'm seeing it over five, five mm -hmm. and a half points. Uh, you, you know, that, that could easily change, of course, in these overnights. They've been getting hit like crazy, but... I think it's a little bit too many points. I, I might lean towards Gonzaga's way here. Uh, still a very good team, still very well coached, right, by Mark Few. Um, always scary to fade UConn, but like you said, this is essentially a home game. They're going to have a ton of fans in the stands. Gonzaga's a rabid fan base. I know UConn has a great one as well, but maybe not too uh, excited to travel cross-country for this one. Uh, so, yeah, I lean towards the Zags at, at plus five. Um, I didn't expect to, to play it, but I might have to that number. Okay. I know we have a little bit of time before conference games start, but I'm getting excited. Who do you think is the best conference top to bottom so far this season? Oh, uh, that's the Big 12, without question. Uh, even, even with the additions, they've made it better, right? Houston could be the best team in the country. BYU at times has looked like the best team in the country. They're in the, the top 10 of Kempom already. It's, it's insane and really not a bad team in the bunch. Oklahoma State hasn't been great. 
West Virginia is going to get better once Kirk Kreese is back in the lineup. And with this whole transfer thing that their team could really change, but yeah, top to bottom, the big 12 by far the best conference in the country. You know, uh, well, let's just keep it right there before we uh, w- look at these big games on Saturday, because uh, when we had Jim on last week, Kai, we're, BYU was a point, of, a point of subject because they were a team that I thought was a bottom half Big 12 team. And before their loss, right. even with the loss to Utah, they're still seventh in Ken Palm. And it's just one of those for me of their top 20 in both offensive and defensive uh, side of the ball. I'm just concerned once, and this goes honestly a little bit for Houston, not as much as them, but definitely goes for the other new additions in the Big 12, Cincinnati and Central Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm just concerned about playing an elite, playing top-end teams night in and night out. How are these teams that just shifted over, especially BYU with this great non-con, how are they going to be able to adjust to playing Kansas, K-State, Texas, yeah. Baylor on a nightly basis? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm not worried about Houston. Um, mm-hmm. I think they've proven it the last few years with just how good defensively they are, how how well coached they are with, with Samson and, and just how physical they are. BYU is interesting. They have the best home court in the conference, potentially, at least with that road trip right out to Utah. That's not something other Big 12 teams are used to doing. So I'm very curious to see how they do at home. I, I bet they're going to be pretty good. Now on the road in the Big 12, that's a different story. I don't expect them to run the table or, or come close to it in Big 12 play, but I, I still expect them to be competitive. Um, love Mark Pope. This defense looks great. You mentioned their top 20 on both ends of the floor. We expected the offense to be good. The defense has been impressive. Obviously not the strongest strength of schedule yet, but I, I do think it's a really good team. Should finish top half of the conference, but I agree with you. Not where I expected preseason for BYU. All right, before we get to any Saturday games, I have to talk about last night, my alma mater, UNLV upsets Creighton, the number eight team. So we've been excited. We've been waiting for the Boone brothers to both be out there on the court. We finally got it last night. Do you think this is something that the Rebels can build off of, or do you think that was probably their best performance of the year? Well, it certainly was, yeah. But I think you're excited if you're a Rebels fan. Uh, Kudos to UNLV for playing Keelan Boone. We're going to see... Teams across the country have to make that decision during this weird 14-day window in which we have no idea if guys will be eligible or ineligible if they play for next season. It, it, it's a crazy situation, but good for UNLV for playing him. He was highly impactful. His brother Caleb was incredible. Mm-hmm. He just owned Kalkburner in the post. It was insane to watch. And they don't even have Jalen Hill, right? He's been out the last couple of games. They essentially have a, a Big 12 front court at their disposal. And if Deaton, if uh, excuse me, if Deaton Thomas is going to play as good as he did. Uh, last night, and UNLV has a pretty high ceiling. Yeah. Kai McKeon with us right now, one of the three from the three-man weave, of course. Uh, College basketball content is as good as it gets uh, from the Weavers. Uh, Let's go to Saturday, and I'm just going to start us off chronologically. Uh, The return trip for a matchup we saw last year at the Fog, Kansas got got it all in against Indiana last year, just ran them out of the building, especially in the second half. Now it shifts to assembly hall in Bloomington. Uh, KU. I just I, look, they're, they're awesome, but they lack depth as we know, Kai and Indiana. Look, look I, I thought they had turned the corner with those two big 12, big, big 10 wins against Maryland and Michigan. And then they got shellacked by Auburn last Saturday in, in Atlanta. I'm just curious with, with Indiana here, uh, obviously getting this game at home helps, but how does how do the Hoosiers stay in this game unless if there's some big-time foul problems on Hunter Dickinson in this one? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think Indiana's very good. Um, I, I don't think they're well coached. I'm not a huge Woodson fan. Their guard play is bad. Um, even, even with Xavier Johnson in the lineup, I still think it's pretty poor. Um, really, what they've done well this year is play through their front court, and Kellel Ware has been incredible. Oregon transfer, he's been legitimately good. Malik Renew has been great. But I think Kansas is too tough. Uh, Dickinson should be just fine defending uh, either of those guys. K.J. Adams is a fantastic defender at the four. Um, you mentioned KU does lack depth. Indiana does too. Their bench mm-hmm. has been horrible this season. Um, now, it is nice there at home. Obviously, a very hype spot, a hype environment. Fantastic home court right in Bloomington. Um, but I do sort of lean towards Kansas here. We'll see where the line is at. It could be too high for me to bet, but I, I think KU is the much better team. I'm going to take the best game on the card, and that is the Wildcats at Purdue. Arizona still undefeated. They had that big win over Duke, and then Purdue just one overtime loss. I know we don't have the lines out yet, but do you know uh, which way you're going to be looking to play this one? I'm going to be looking at Arizona, I think. Uh, so this one's in Indianapolis. Uh, if it was at Purdue, would probably lean towards the Boilers. I've been to Mackey. It is incredible when it's when it's uh, popping, when there's a good team in town. Uh, but on a neutral-ish floor, uh, Arizona, for my money, has been the best team in the country. Uh, they remind me of UConn from last year. Very little weakness. Fantastic on defense. Fantastic on offense. Uh, have size to combat Edie. You cannot stop Zach Edie, but I think Arizona can kind of get close to it, or at least hold him at bay <laughs> better than most teams can with a guy like Umar Ballo uh, at, at the five. So I like Arizona there. Again, we'll see what the line is, but that's the way I'm leaning right now. now let's go to Detroit next. Uh, one of these uh, in-name-only neutrals more than anything, Kai. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan State underwater, mm-hmm. as we all expected through nine games yeah. this year. Uh, taking on Baylor, I'll just ask you, we don't know the line yet on this one, but is this one of those where if you're getting, let's say you're getting five, four and a half with Michigan State in this semi-home game, is this a good buy-low opportunity on the Spartans uh, yes, against a high-quality team, but with everything that's gone wrong through nine games, try to buy low in the Spartans and get a, get a big win against a good team? I kind of think it is. It's kind of scary because I've, I've seen Baylor play. They rock. Uh, I, I love Baylor this year. Uh, but if you're going to buy in the Spartans, this is not a bad time to do it. You know you're going to get their best effort. <laughs> they are definitely focused on this game. They know how big it is. They don't have any good wins this season. They need this game. Um, they've played well this season in, in certain games against big-time competition. They played really well against Arizona. That impressed me. I know they've dropped a few in the Big Ten, but I still kind of believe in this team. I, I still think Izzo's a good coach. Um, I think they can give Baylor a close game here, maybe even win it outright. So I'll be looking at this one pretty closely. Kai, uh, a few more I want to touch on before we let you go today. I, I just want to ask you about the Owls of Florida Atlantic. Of course, mm. all the expectation with that Final Four run from a year ago, uh, that bizarre loss to Bryant, which was more just the shots weren't going that know. day. It, it happens. <laughs> uh, but they take on the Bonnies this week, but it, it more than just this one against St. Bonaventure. But with, with a team like this, of course, up in competition for them going into the American this year as well. How much do you buy this team moving forward? Of course, sometimes when you get these lower conference teams making a magical run in March Madness, it's a good time to go against them the following Mm -hmm. year. But this team has the whole team back, essentially, from that team that was a buzzer beater away from the title game. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm a full believer in, in this team. Uh, they're no joke. They're no flash in the pan. They are the real deal. The Bryant loss, I, I have no clue what happened, but they followed it up pretty nicely. They, they beat Butler. They beat Texas A&M, Virginia Tech. They, they lost Illinois recently, but Illinois played the best game they've played in mm-hmm. maybe five years. Uh, you, you cannot play a better game, and FAU is still in it at the end. They kind of remind me of Marquette a little bit, offensively at least, just with how many weapons they have, how many different guys can beat you. They're super deep. They're super old. Um, just a really fun team to watch, and I, I fully expect them to give the Bonnies a, a good game here. Uh, it, will be, it will be a fun game to watch. Definitely a contrast of styles, but scary to go against FAU. All right, going to uh, Atlanta real quick. North Carolina, Kentucky. This is one of those CBS Sports Classic games. Uh, you know, Kentucky is that weirdo loss on the ledger to UNC Greensboro, uh, North Carolina. Uh, look, I, I, I know you. I know UConn. That's that's an acceptable loss, neutral, especially at MSG. We know that basically played as a UConn home game. That weird loss in in the Bahamas against Villanova, who. Seemingly can only play teams that aren't in Philadelphia this year. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this one? This, all, all I know in this one, I'm not sure if they can make the, the total high enough for this game with UNC and Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be up and down, super high scoring. Uh, I kind of lean towards Kentucky here. Um, not, not a whole big reason. Uh, I, I'm not a huge believer in Hubert Davis uh, on UNC's uh, staff. I, they, he has done better this year. They, they've been a lot better this season than last season, but still kind of worried about backing him uh, in a big spot like this. Kentucky, they need a they need a big win. They don't have any really good wins. They've played well. They played really well against Kansas and Chicago. Um, I was in attendance for that game, but they didn't come away with the win. They need a marquee uh, win, and this is definitely a chance for them against UNC. They might get Onyenso back, their other big guy who was sitting out along with Bradshaw. Bradshaw is back. Onyenso might be back. That's pretty key when you're going up going up against uh, Baycott, All American Center for you or uh, for UNC. He's Kai McKeon again. Get him on the tweets at Kai underscore three MW three man weave. Of course, three MW underscore CBB on the tweets. You can find them also uh, over at the Field of sixty eight as well. Kai, always a pleasure. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Absolutely, Kai McKeon. Everyone uh, again, three man weave. Unbelievably great college basketball content. All right, we'll take a quick break. Alex may have some hockey for us tonight on the card. We'll look at that next. And also, too, you have to stay tuned. Frank Nicotero live from the arena tonight. How about that? A lot of fun potentially with Frank in a uh, on-site remote, as we would call it here today. Uh, a little bit a uh, little bit backwards, but hey, whatever gets it done, right? We'll be back with more Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss the Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grandview Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grandview Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, 
Stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. South Point Studio is the site. There is the sports book behind us. An NFL game tonight, a card of NBA, small college hoops card, some hockey. By the way, the most important news to come today, though, Alex White, is that we finally know the name of Shohei Otani's dog. We do. Finally know it. It is Decoy is the dog's name. And after the reports of, uh, we can call it a decoy that he was going to go to Toronto, not quite, not quite. Pretty good, pretty good there from Otani. He's in it right now, in the middle of his introductory press conference with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Of course, signing over the weekend for that historic seven hundred million dollar contract, and then we find out earlier this week that he's deferring six hundred and eighty million of it. So with the history in both ways on that. All right. By the way, it's it's good to see. Uh, we we have a screen here that allows us to see our guests as they're setting up. And Frank, I'm concerned <laughs> that at the way that Frank is moving right now, he's going to fall over the top of that staircase right there. Stay, stay safe, Frank. Stay safe. We'll get, check in with Frank in about five minutes from now uh, up top at the arena. Did you notice we have a Christmas tree in our studio? Yeah, we, we had the move. So we, we took, we talked about this on Frank's show. I'm okay. Dang it. I so, missed today. So, so, I, I don't agree with, with 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 regular Christmas trees. Let's just go with that. With the artificial one at home, I don't agree with them. So, Sean, by the way, I will say this: that tree is forty nine forty nine dollars. Correct, Sean. Whoever's selling that, that's just that's just a scam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just it, free. Good. Great deal. Great deal. Great deal. Forty nine dollars for that guy, and no disrespect to that tree, which fits perfectly right in front of our desk which will be there during Frank's right. show, but not during our shows. Um, it's a rip, total rip off. So shout out again. Sean found, actually found a tree taller than him, which is kind of shocking because as we know, our guy, Sean, Sean is what? Six, five, six, four, six, six. Sean's a huge dude. You, now, you, can you get a camera shot of how big he is? See, look at that. You can see him there. We're going to, we're going to zoom in on our guy, Sean, the big guy. Very big guy. See our, our uh, and for the and, and to the to his right. There's the hand of Ryan McCormick. Uh, Sean is a big dude. Is a big dude. And uh, again, seven foot five Christmas tree. You said very good. Very nice. And then very that nice. one came with it for yeah, free. For free. 
Worth it, it for free. Not worth it for for any cost whatsoever. $49. Come on. Come on. We're not, it's not a Charlie Brown Christmas, right? Right. Well, we'll see where we go. All right. Let's go to it. Uh, by the way, by the way, Adam Schefter apparently tonight uh, on ESPN saying, Aiden O'Connell's on a short leash, which I'm going to tell you right now, why is Jimmy Garoppolo not starting if that's the case? Why? <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's just silly. Just silly more than anything. We're going to see him. That's, I mean, we talked about it right at the beginning of the show. Good chance. So. so let's let's go to it. Let's go to hockey tonight. By the way, Raiders still three. Uh total thirty-five on that one. Uh Alex, the news in the NHL, was this last night that Craig Berube got fired from the Blues, or was that two nights ago now? Now I'm see all my days are merging together, but the Blues fire their coach. They're back in action tonight in Ottawa, one of seven games on the NHL card. Is there anything you're even even if you haven't played it yet, that you're potentially looking at for tonight in hockey? So I did play two totals last night, but they did move already. So okay. I played Calgary, Minnesota over six. That is at six and a half now. And then Chicago, Seattle under six, which has moved down to five and a half. I don't hate them right there, but I do think you're kind of chasing a bad number. So I do like Vancouver tonight, though, at plus go. money because they are hosting the Florida Panthers. And Vancouver's actually been the best money line team in the NHL this year. They're 19 and 10. And um, Demko is playing very, very good. He's the fourth best save percentage of all goalies who have played at least 15 games. 14 and 7 on the season, 2.42 goals against average. So it's going to be a great game. The Florida Panthers are very good and have a lot of talent, but I think the Canucks can hang in this one. So it's worth it if you can find some plus money on the Canucks. To the NHL, to the NBA card, real quick. Uh, not a big one. Uh, Clippers playing playing Golden State late tonight. Of course, Draymond Green suspended indefinitely for the punching use of Nurkic in the face, for lack of a better description. Uh, I, no problem with the indefinite the suspension for Draymond. Just whatever's going on, just please get yourself right. Enough already with everything that's gone on. How do you think the Warriors? I think respond the Warriors tonight. I think the Warriors stink. Personally, yes, uh, and their problem, like they're underwater when Draymond's been out or suspended so far this year, and he's going to be. I don't expect to see Draymond until February, personally, maybe even longer than that. So Clay Thompson's down. Andrew Wiggins has been terrible this year. Uh, five and a half is the number behind us. I'm not going to bother with it. Uh, I, I don't think there's much of a response of anything. I mean, the Warriors are in, I mean, Warriors could flat out just miss the playing games at this rate. Uh, if they don't get their act together sooner rather than later. And so the Clippers on the other side. They're... Clippers have found it. They have. They found it. Five straight wins for the Clippers. Uh, you, you figured at some point they would figure it out. But, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. That was, those, the West playoffs, because if the don't even count the Warriors here. And at some point, Houston's going to regress. Those top nine teams are all really good. Yes. And... You have to stay out of the bottom. You have to stay out of that seven to ten range, obviously, so you don't have to play those playing games. And then all of a sudden, your playoff lives can can be playing for it a lot earlier than you're a lot. And of course, last year, Miami falling to the eight changed the course of NBA history with the Heat getting to the finals uh, instead yep. of just beating Atlanta right away in that seven eight game. But it, yeah, I, I, the Warriors are in really really bad shape uh, right now. By the way, I I would look. 
tonight, if you do want something early, I take nine and a half with, with, with Cleveland and Boston. Would you would you do that, Alex, if anything? Uh again, I'm not a big NBA better, as we know. Um maybe nine and a half or nine with, with Cleveland a potential tonight. Uh, in that one in Boston. Uh, also, the Nets are on the second of a back-to-back in Denver, which yeah. usually doesn't go well for the team on the back-to-back. No, it doesn't. And that's actually the the dog I was looking at is Brooklyn, but against the Nuggets here, I don't I don't think that nine and a half is enough. So interesting enough, I've actually been having some fun betting some NBA. Yesterday was great because I had Atlanta playing, so I jumped on that over, and then rematch of the Pacers and the Bucks. And Giannis put up 64. Giannis put up 64. (laughs) That went over as well. And I just wanted to share this with you, Jeff. And that is, let me find it. Favorites are 18 and 9 in the last three days. So if you've been on the right side laying the points, then you've done pretty well in the NBA. And that's what makes it so tough, right? With sports betting, you're typically looking for those dogs to jump on, taking those points. But... In the NBA, since our in-season tournament, the favorites have been covering. And the Lakers, I mean, two nights ago, great fade spot for them against um, the Mavs. But they actually looked legit. Last night, they looked very good. And that was on a back-to-back night. And Anthony Davis did well again. Yeah, no Are you Lebr- buying the Lakers for the entire season? I Well, last night had more to do with San Antonio than the Lakers. Yeah. The Spurs, uh, you know... The Spurs-Pistons game that will inevitably happen this year may set the game of basketball back uh, 35 years. Those two teams right now that I mentioned are on a combined 39-game losing streak. Wow. 21 straight for Detroit, 18 straight for San Antonio. Uh, By the way, it's going to be a while before Detroit breaks that because they play Philly again uh, after getting smoked by them last night. They play Philly again. Then they play Milwaukee. Then they play Atlanta. First chance at a realistic win is on December the 21st against Utah uh, before back-to-back against Brooklyn. San Antonio, uh, just pulling them up real quick. Uh, the Spurs, sorry to get the, to uh, bounce away from your question, but I do want to bring this up real quick. Uh, San Antonio at 3-20. and 20, They play the Lakers again on Friday night. We're subjected to watching the Spurs again on national TV. Uh, 26 against Utah, probably the most realistic spot of the win. For San Antonio again. Uh, to answer your Laker question, yeah, I, of course. As long as LeBron can stay healthy, they are a threat to come out of the Western Conference. They're a threat. Now, I still think Denver has to be the favorite to go ahead and get out of there mm-hmm. until they're knocked off. Difficult place to play. They end up with home court for multiple rounds. It'll be a difficult out. But if I told you right now, even though they don't have the best record, the best team in the Western Conference is Oklahoma City. Right now, the way that they played, they have the best point margin. To me, they have really good depth. Shea, Shea is awesome. Yes. And good everyone realizes how good he is now. Uh, but that Western Conference is going to be really, really difficult to figure out who's coming out of it. When on the east side, it's still, to me, one of two teams. It's going to be Boston or Milwaukee that comes out of the the Eastern Conference. We have Frank. He's ready. Frank's ready. All right. We can, we can, we can cut short the... Uh, discussion here we'll keep we'll keep uh we'll keep in segment here there he is look at him there he is coughing on the air our guy frank nicotero frank how's it going up there i'm good 
good, man. I, I expected a bigger crowd for the Charger Raider game, but I'm pretty excited. As you can see, there's seats down here. I don't know exactly where the football field is, but uh, I'm going to take some stick over. What's that, Jerry? Oh, this is. Oh, yeah. We're in the equestrian center, actually. We are not at the football game. A lot going on in Vegas. This is uh, the equestrian center right at the other end of the lovely South Dino. You would not know this is here, man. This is unbelievable. Believable. I think it holds about five or 6,000 people. So as you can see, there's a ton of vendors down here selling all sorts of Western wear. Here we go. The stars at night Deep in, No, that didn't work. I thought they'd clap along like in Pee Wee Herman. They didn't do it. <laughs> it looks beautiful but in there, Frank. It is. This was my time in here. I was in here for the the, uh, the team championship bull riding. Now tonight, it's the roping. They're going to be doing some roping yes. roping yeah we're doing roping did you find any spurs yet i haven't you know what i haven't found spurs i'm telling you but i've seen more and more spurs i think there's got to be a spur vendor somewhere i see uh, a lot of saddles i don't know what to do with the saddle although i put one of those on my motorcycle that you guys know i ride or a vespa i forget which one i have but anyway uh it's a lot here and as you know the rodeo's in town all week so there's lots of events going on and i'm going to come back for the weekend for sure um i'm gonna stick around here but then i gotta watch this thursday night football game tonight for sure well frank i will ask you before we go over to that football game have you ever ridden a horse i have uh i rode one uh when i was a kid um in north park in pittsburgh and then uh i rode another one in mexico last year this time uh my, my girlfriend we rode this on the beach in Bruno cabo um, but I don't like him to start galloping or anything like that. You know, when, I, when it comes to horses, you know, I like betting on races, but I the old game downtown at the, at the D, those little metal horses. Yeah, you just of course. Paid your money on. It's called like the Sega Rally or something. It's like the country. I read an article saying, what's the park one? They don't know what they're going to do. But there's always a line if you go downtown Vegas Street to the D and do it. Uh, you can go down there. I have that horse game, but um, I've never seen ro live roping, so I'm going to see this. It's going to. They were supposed to start by now, but what happened? I also heard that the national anthem singer is still roping in the other arena, <laughs> so they can't start without the national anthem. So, so we're going to get to that cowboy time. Is this the group roping that you're at? Yeah, I team roping. Group. Yeah, and you know. The team roping, yeah. And, you know, we had Steve Stallworth, who runs the place, who was the GM of the arena here. He was on Punchlines yesterday, and he talked about how it's venture. So these are guys that might be driving it, you know, from Kansas, and uh, they're electricians, and they can walk away with $450,000. You see these kids, mothers, fathers, and they win money. It's amateur. So it's really an exciting event. He said it's one of the best to come to because the crowd gets so into it. And after the show, I stuck around the hotel, and uh, the, the screens in the sports book were actually showing the competition in mm -hmm. here. And people were reacting louder at that than the Lakers-Spurs game, which was coming down to the line. So I'm watching Lakers-Spurs, and I hear people roar. And I'm like, wait, what happened? Is LeBron okay? And then they were actually watching the team roping. Or the group, yeah, team roping. It was really exciting. Frank, uh, let's go to the NFL game tonight. We'll keep you for a few more minutes, and then we'll let you go enjoy your night. Uh, what are you doing with this one tonight? Uh, Aiden O'Connell apparently on a short leash for the Raiders. Easton Stick makes his first career NFL start. It's Raiders 3, and uh, 
people are following Frankie overs here. The over the total is now up to 35 and a half. When you were on punchlines today, wasn't it like 32 or 33? Uh, or 30, 30, it was 34 this morning, so it's gone up a point and a half. Yeah, it's climbing. Uh, the late money's coming in. I don't know. It is a Frankie over kind of bet. But, you know, you kind of got me on that Easton stick bet, yep. right? His over yardage for rushing was 19, 19 and a half. Although Sean, who works on the show, too, was telling me he had zero rushing yards, yards last week. But I feel like the Raiders' pass rush might have him running for his life. And if he busts one run, the over hits, right? Well, I mean, when you come into the game down 17 nothing, you're not going to be running a lot, right? <laughs> I mean, you, know, you know what? You know what burned me one time? My buddy had my buddy had Tom Brady over rushing like yards. It was like a couple years ago in Tampa Bay. It was only like six, right? Brady was always single digits. So Brady had about eight yards. Said, you know, at the Tampa Bay's up. I think when he kneels on the ball, considered a lot. Lost. Yes. I know it that he kneeled three straight times and it took it under and he lost. Well, one of the worst, one of the worst, that's a uh, bad beat. One of the worst beats ever for Super Bowl props was when okay. the Chiefs played the Niners, the last Super Bowl before the world shut down because of COVID. Patrick Mahomes' rushing total in that game was 29 and a half, and he was in the 40s. Okay. And then on the last three knee kneel downs, he got all the way down to 29 yards, which was one of the Jeez. worst, worst. Pro you remember that I one, Alex. That, yeah. uh, I was thankfully oh not on God. that one. Uh, but that was oh. one of the worst ones ever from one of those perspectives of, yeah, the quarterback oh. loses the yards on the kneel downs. Yeah, that's brutal. I think there was a runner. My buddy Bill Neofis once told me there was a guy for Atlanta Falcons. In the 70s, before William Andrews and uh, the guy Kane, I forget his uh, first name, he rushed for 1,000 yards, and that was a big deal back in the 70s. And then on the next play, he was tackled for a loss, never got back in, and ended with like 9-7, which would be heartbreaking. But, um, yeah, East is good. I don't know. We had Neil Kulong on the show, Punch Science today. He was Sports Illustrated. He says there's no reason why the Chargers shouldn't win this game easily. I don't know. I, I see Jimmy Garoppolo playing in this game somehow, some way. And uh, if I had to, maybe tonight's the over. I think you know me as the over guy. I'm thinking over. Frank, I'm excited to be on your show again tomorrow, 12 p.m. Do you have I any? Know, we have um, a big yeah, tell us. Who's who's the big guest tomorrow? Yeah, we have a big show. We have Dave Damashek. Dave Damashek, who used to write for Jimmy Kimmel Live. He's a Pittsburgh guy. Big surprise. Chris Andrews hooked this up. So I'm excited to have him on. And we have you all day. And I think Kevin Bellancott's going to call in since we have such a big day. Uh, Saturday, we have all the bowl starting and we have games so we're gonna have double guests and me and Friday. it's gonna be a great watch great. absolutely absolutely noon tomorrow monday through friday uh frank nicotero and punchlines here at the studio frank i'll let you go I'll let you go enjoy the rodeo there it is behind us the equestrian center uh just up top here at the south point frank pleasure thanks buddy see you guys thank you go eastern stick Frank Nicotero, everyone. Uh, by the way, uh, the the, uh, the guy that Frank was looking for, uh, my dad texted me. Dave Hampton uh, had a nine hundred one thousand rushing yards and lost seven on the final carry of the year to go to nine ninety three. Oh my gosh, your dad was quick too. Yeah, that's good. He's actually listening. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, before we go today, before we go today, let's go back to that the, the football game tonight, just north of us, uh, Raiders Chargers. It's three. Uh, I bet Easton stick over his rushing total. That's all I have tonight. That's it. Even though 
I do think the Chargers are going to find a way to, to win this game. It's a lean, which means it's probably going to happen, but I'm not going to probably have the bet the, in the account, Alex. What do you think about field goals over three and a half between these two? Well, all right. So let's just go through this real quick. The Raiders last week scored zero points and didn't get in field goal range once. Didn't even attempt, didn't even attempt to score last week. The Chargers last week, their only score was when the game was already out of hand. The, the Chargers, look at the Chargers. And again, this is why putting Easton Stick in may, I, I, I don't want to say awaken something in the Chargers because it's been a lost season, but knowing how messed up that franchise is, it would make sense if they scored 27 a night with Stick. The last three games with Herbert, 10, and, 10 6, and then at 7, where he only played half the game because of the finger injury. This is was supposed to be one of the best offenses in the NFL going into the year. Correct. And they can't score right now. Which, by the way, I, I, Herbert's season is over. There's, so there's a few ways to look at this now. If Kellen Moore is anything of a coordinator that we thought he was in Dallas, this never happens. So I think we, they're worse coordinated. Now, granted, I think Herbert has his issues right now. He still gets too many balls battered, b- battle, uh, b- batted down at the line. Tongue-tied myself. And other than that 38-point game against the Lions and that 34-point game week one against Miami, they really were not impressive at all on offense this year. Um, With that said, I think that falls on the the play caller. Uh, Raider defense actually has been really good at not giving up points. They're top 10 in the NFL uh, for points allowed. That's good. Top 10, not the bottom 10. Um, But look, we'll see. Devontae Adams is in, by the way, officially tonight for... Las Vegas, three, 35 and a half your total for this one. Again, ugly, ugly Thursday night game with two teams that are more likely to not uh, dunzo here in the season. The thing that concerns me with the Chargers as well, because I'm with you, lean towards them, taking the points, even maybe a little bit on money line. But Keaton Allen's already not playing because right. small injury, but they're not risking it, right? Because like you said, their season's pretty much done. So do we see them take Eckler out early? I mean, if this is not going their way, are they going to give up early in this game? So well, that's what kind of concerns me here, too. I think they all know they're going to have a different coach next year as well. I think that's pretty apparent, right, that Stanley Staley's gone. Well, I think, I think the argument against what you just said is that Staley's still yeah. coaching for his job here, yeah. even though, again, the assumption is he's going to be gone. Uh, that Belichick guy may just go west from, uh, from New England to L.A., but again, they're still coaching for jobs. You're still playing for jobs. Like the NFL is different than the other sports. Like you can't really tank in the NFL because yeah, they if you tank in the NFL, it's held against you more than anyone else for future jobs. Um, now, I'm not sure how logical that is, but hey, it is what it is. For the Chargers, again, this has been a disaster anyway. You slice it this year. Raiders obviously have gotten a little bit more consistent with Pierce, but I mean, look, I mean, they scored three. They scored no points last week. They were shut out. They barely got the ball over midfield last week against Minnesota. And they have some very good weapons on offense. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, you have a top seven wide receiver in Devontae Adams, and before Jacobs got hurt, a top ten running back. Yep. And this is why, again, like I know there's contract replica- uh, replications for uh, for Jimmy, uh, repercussions, I should say, for Garoppolo playing, but you're technically still alive here, where if you went out and get a whole bunch of help, yeah, you could still sneak into the playoffs. Unlikely. Less than 1%, but it's not zero yet. 
And Aiden O'Connell's on a short leash. By the way, Hoyer's the inactive quarterback tonight. So if Hoyer get, or O'Connell gets benched, it's Garoppolo coming in. I don't know why he just wouldn't do it from the get-go. And then if you lose, all right, didn't go with O'Connell the last three weeks. Uh, and, and there you go. See what else you have in him, even though I think it's pretty clear at this point that Aiden O'Connell's ceiling is backup quarterback, Alex. I agree with you. And the, the Raiders do have a tough schedule after this as well. They have the Chiefs, yep. the Broncos, who have been playing very good as of late, and then they have the Colts, yep. who is never an easy opponent to play at the end of the season. So both of these two, like you said, I think they're on the outside looking in, but that AFC is wild. That's that's what makes this exciting right here coming down the last few weeks. A lot could happen with who gets into the playoffs. And the AFC playoff picture is as jumbled, or honestly, both sides of the coin. But the AFC playoff picture right now, you have five teams with eight or more wins. You have five teams with, f- with five or less wins. The rest of the conference is all seven and six. Six teams are seven and six right now. And they all play each other for the most part down the stretch here. For three spots, right? Two. For two spots. Well, Cleveland, if Cleveland falls apart, then it's three. So there's a lot going on here. How many home games does Cleveland have? Forgot how good that defense was at home. Yeah, well, they didn't play all that great last week and got away with it because Flacco actually played pretty well. That's true. For the Browns. The first half they did, and then they... They play Chicago this week, and then they play the Jets in week 17. And they're on the road in Houston in week 16, and they're in since... Like, again, all these teams play each other. Yeah. So it's going to work itself out. It's just a matter of how does it work itself out uh, as we get to the playoff side. And then the NFC side, it's... There's just a whole bunch of awful teams sitting at seven and six or six and seven right now. I mean, the NFC side, you want to dare to dream for our guy Ryan McCormick back there, but if the Bears pull the upset this week uh, against the Browns, the schedule's there. Like, we, the five and eights, again, I don't think the Giants are capable of beating Philadelphia twice, so that gets them out of, out of the way. But with how mediocre all these teams look that are that are in this 7 and 6 to 5 and 8 mess in the NFC. I mean, we could have some real wonky stuff happen over the end of the year. There's the there's the NFC North where all I could say is Detroit's fortunate they got a bunch of teams that are horrible behind them right now and they built up that big lead. They also that game right now, the game that the Bears blew to the Lions might be the difference between holding Detroit in the NFC North crown and possibly keeping the Bears out of the playoffs at this rate. By the way, I know it may sound like a lunatic by saying that, but the Bears, if they pull the upset this week, their schedule's <laughs> a joke the rest of the way. The, the game at Lambeau is not that not easy, but they're going to be a small favorite against Atlanta at home, and they'll be favored against Arizona. So, uh, <laughs> crazier stuff has happened, Alex White. So, do you like the Bears this weekend? I do not. So there you go. <laughs> no, even so, the, even so with I the just points. I just talked my way through it, but I don't think they'll I, again if they pull the upset. That's yeah. what it's all dependent on. I just, this was Justin Fields' first career start, too, in Cleveland, right? Was that his first career start where, where, where Nagy attempted to get him killed? Where, where he legitimately tried to drop back past him and he got sacked eight times, right, Ryan? Yeah, eight or nine times in that game. Uh, you know, it's, again, this, we're, we're coming off the weirdest week of the NFL season. last week, Without a doubt, the weirdest week of the year. I don't know if this league is capable of being that zany back-to-back weeks, but again, those big some of those bigger favorites. I don't. This is not a slam dunk for Miami with all those injuries on the offensive line, uh, it, it, with that Jet defense going against them. 
I don't even think it's a slam dunk for Kansas City to go to New England and win. That. I don't think that's a, I I don't think they lose. But I don't think that's a slam dunk with with forget how they lost. How they acted after they lost concerns me. Cuz this team in the Mahomes era has had limited regular season adversity to go with and now they're basically jumping all over things. I'm very concerned about how everyone acted after the Tony thing. And besides them, you have to think about the Patriots and how Bailey Zappi played, and then you have the Bill Belichick news coming out. So you know he wants to just rack up some more wins and uh, get them a worst draft pick. So <laughs> Go way to put it. Lot, lot coming into the lot going into this game. For, for what it's worth, I think Bailey Zappi's still terrible, even though he played well last week. So that's uh. That's just my perspective of it. Of it. But uh, we'll uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Football Friday. Chris Andrews, Vinny Malio, and myself. Two hours previewing NFL and all those bowl games on Saturday. You're with Frank tomorrow yes. on Punchlines. Uh, Dave Damashek, the big guest on that show tomorrow at noon Pacific time. Alex and I are back here on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Three NFL games, a whole collection of bowl games on Sports by the Book. For Alex White, for Sean, Ryan, Jerry, Jerry walking in the studio as the show's ending, uh, doing a great job being with Frank. And as always, I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you again tomorrow at 2 o'clock on Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio.